You're listening to the Unveiling Mormonism podcast from PursueGod.org. Join pastors Ross Anderson and Brian Dwyer every Monday as they pull back the curtain on LDS history, culture, and theology. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org slash Mormonism. Okay, today we are in week number four of our four-part series that we're calling Leaving Well, joined again by Bo and KD. Guys, we've talked about dealing with the emotions of leaving the Mormon church. We've talked about dealing with your questions, a lot of those doctrinal questions. We talked about talking to your family last week, which was a tough one. And finally, I think it's really important for us to address church. You know, people that are leaving the Mormon church, a lot of those people, Bo, I know you you really told me this from the friends that you have, a lot of these people just throw the baby out with the bathwater and they just throw church out altogether. So we're going to talk today about why you shouldn't do that, why go to church, and how to find a good church, and what to expect when you do show up at a church like that. We're going to talk a little bit about denominations, so we're going to cover a lot of ground today, but I think we should start with the the big question, why go in the first place? Bo, Katie, how would you explain, how would you answer that to somebody who's been burned by institutional religion, and they just want to like throw it all out? It might be best to kind of share my experience, our, our experience together um, to answer that question, because I think it, everybody faces that um, that decision that they have to make of, you know, when, when they, you know, when they realize that the, the Mormon church wasn't wasn't for them, it wasn't true. Uh, you, I, we've covered already on this podcast, like you start to spiral, you start to question everything, you start to wonder, is, is there even a God? And then you really start to... Uh, have some fairly strong emotions, opinions toward the organization that you were a part of, right? And and that can lead to a, I guess, to just frustration in general toward religion, right? And and then that that frustration towards religion leads you to just throw it all out and say, you know what, forget church, we're not going anymore. We're just we're just gonna worship in nature, right? And I'm not saying you shouldn't worship in nature, but uh, I think you know the Bible is pretty clear about how important it is to to worship together and how important a, a community of believers can be. So, um, so for us, finding a church, I think, was one of the first questions we asked ourselves uh, when we were leaving the Mormon Church. Was okay. What do we do now? Where do we? Are we going to go to church? Are we going to find a church? You know, what what do we do here? Were you guys tempted to say no? I mean, were you tempted to just say, let's just, let's just wait. Let's just have Sundays off for a few months. Let's enjoy family time. Because I, I think probably that would be a temptation. And then people who choose that route probably never get around to looking for a church, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. That was a huge temptation. Um, I think more for me than for Bo, but... Um, something that really kind of motivated us was our kids, um, just sort of keeping them going to a place where they can hear about Jesus and now this Jesus that we were looking for, and we wanted our kids to experience that. And that was something I think that motivated us to look to find a, a church so that we could keep their Sundays somewhat you know, rhythmic and... Yeah, I think we've talked about before how strong the community is in the Mormon church. And um, 
you know, what people will find is community is very strong in, um, in a Christian denomination, right? Uh, in the church. And so I think it, it's easy to, to start to think, yeah, well, maybe I just don't need to go to church. Maybe we won't go to church. Or like you said, Brian, let's give it a few months. And then you just, you probably just start to find, uh, maybe we just won't go uh, anymore. Maybe they'll show up on Christmas. Maybe they'll show up on Easter, right? But they just won't. They'll, they'll kind of lose lose that muscle. And, and I, I truly believe it's, it's important. Um, I think it's important not only for the, the community aspect of it, but it's important to, to hear God's word, to worship together, you know, and, and to strengthen each other and, and also to give of yourself to, to the church, right? I think that's also part of it. So as we, maybe, maybe let's get into our, kind of our experience. So as we were, you know, make, we, making the decision to leave the Mormon church, we had, you know, we told everybody, we, we'd kind of gone through these, these steps we already talked through, right? We had, um, we'd made the decision, we'd told our family, um, told the, some people in community, right? Some of the church leaders. And ultimately, when, when we walked away from the church, we started a search. I, I think, KD, you were of the opinion that we should just give it a few weeks, right? And I, I remember thinking distinctively, like, if we give it several weeks, I, I doubt, you know, we'll, we'll ever find a church to go to. And so I, I was pretty adamant that we, that we look, and we, so we started looking. For us, it was a realization that while we were probably bitter, feeling a bit hurt, feeling like it was probably hard to trust another church, um, I also, you know, we both knew that we needed to find Jesus. We both knew that um, the God of the Bible uh, is who we needed to find and follow. And so it was about finding him and finding him in a in a church that we could that we could attend, that we could have our kids attend that we could, you know, raise our kids in. And so, um, so we started that search. I remember you coming to me and just saying, these are some of the things I've been looking at. And did you know that you can see a lot of sermons online? And so you were kind of thinking, Hey, why don't we look at these sermons, watch a few sermons from different churches within our area. Cause we also have, you know, a few kids. So driving long distance isn't always very fun. So we had like a sort of radius that we were looking in and we would, you, you brought to me those sermons and we listened to them and we kind of also had some other criteria. You, um, I remember you looked into, you know, the kids, what they offered for kids, like what kind of structure, what kind of curriculum they offered, um, for kids. And we ultimately did land on a, a church to try out. Yeah. And you know, as you're as you're coming out of Mormonism, that the structure that Mormonism provides is is pretty phenomenal, right? I mean, you're you're assigned where to go, <laughs> and your kids are assigned what class they go to. That you know, you're assigned what calling you have in the church and how to serve. It's just everything is so structured that when you leave that structure, um, I think it can get a little difficult to to choose a church to go to because your whole life you've been told what ward building, right? to go to what leader you have, all that. And so the choice is now, there's a ton of choices. And and so making a decision uh, and, and finding a church that had similar structure, I think was important to us. And when I say similar structure, I just mean, you know, uh, classes for the kids and, um, uh, you know, that, that they're adequately background checked and that, um, you know, that there's, uh, solid biblical teachings. I, th- I just think there were so many things that we were looking at 
Um, cause we didn't want to make a mistake, you know, um, like we sort of had felt like we had been making. And so, um, so yeah, we, we also watched, we were watching YouTube videos. We were watching hello saints on YouTube. And I think we'd even reached out to, to him and he'd recommended a few churches in the area, Alpine church being one of those. Um, and we, we watched a few sermons of Alpine church and yeah, like you said, ultimately made a decision that we were going to try it out that week. So this was a week after, I think, leaving Mormonism. Maybe, no, two weeks. Yep, so we'd taken a week off, and then, and then we walked through the doors at Alpine Church. You earned that week off. Good job, guys. You did earn <laughs> one, one week one off. One week off, that's right. <laughs> okay, that's so right. let's talk about what that was like, because this will be interesting for both for our LDS listeners who are, who are trying to leave well, but even for our Christian listeners, it's fascinating to hear you two talk about your experience on day one. So walk us through that for the benefit of both types of listeners. Yeah, well, um, that morning I was pretty nervous, not going to lie, <laughs> taking our kids, you know. Um, I didn't know what to wear, to be honest. That was my first question, like, what do I wear? Um, I ended up wearing a dress just like I had before in the Mormon church and got my kids all ready, and I was pretty nervous. Yeah, I think you know, obviously normally it's a dress for the ladies and, you know, the men are in suit and tie. And so I, I wore, I think just a plain shirt, but I, I couldn't get rid of the suit coat. So I still wore a sport coat <laughs> with a plain shirt underneath thinking I was dressing down hardcore. And we were by far <laughs> <laughs> the most overdressed family there, which is pretty funny, but, but yeah. Okay. So we, we got dressed, we tried to figure out what to wear and then we decided, all right, what, what, what are they, where do the kids go? We'd, we'd seen that there was kids' church. In fact, we'd gone through a bit of the Alpine Church kids' curriculum. Yeah, PursueGodKids.org. And yeah. We'd, we'd gone through some of the kids' curriculum, which is really why that was one of the main reasons we we chose Alpine Church, because it had awesome curriculum for adults as well as for the kids. It was like a whole family curriculum you could study together. Uh, anyway, so we were confident the kids were going to have a good experience, but you were still pretty nervous about leaving the kids uh, during worship. Yeah, I mean... In the Mormon church, you keep your kids with you for the first hour, and the second hour they do go into different classes. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know anybody in this church, and I was leaving my kids with people I didn't know. I knew they were background checked. I'd, I'd seen the curriculum. I'd watched the cute kid videos, and I loved it. But of course, I'm still nervous. Um, but we walked in there, and the first thing was that we were greeted by multiple people. So multiple people at the door said hello and welcome. There's a welcome desk right in the front where they, you know, they were like, hi, you, we, they could tell you're brand new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looking, <laughs> you're dressed up. That's right. Yeah. Looking back, we probably, we, we probably <laughs> showed our cards a little too early there, but, um, but yeah, so every, I mean, we were greeted by just so many friendly people though. That, and that was important, right? Like, uh, feeling like there was uh, this sense of community as you walk through the doors was critical. And for us, it was awesome, right? We were greeted um, with open arms and, and shown where to go. And that was the other thing was people were very kind and clear about, hey, you know, love that you're here. We're so excited about it. Let's get you checked in. Let's get your kids um, over to Kids Church. By the way, here's how it works. You know, they'll get a name badge on and and you'll have a number, so if there's anything that, that your kid needs during um, worship, 
we'll make sure to, to, to let you know, right? We'll flash that number up on the screen. You go take your kid, which was another big one for us. That was really important. Katie, was it still hard though for you to leave your kids back there and kids? Was it still weird for you on day one to do that? Yeah, it's definitely um, a big change. So in the Mormon church, you're as especially here in Utah, you're assigned a meeting house and everyone in your area is assigned that same meeting house. So the the teachers who are with your children, they're your neighbors, they're your friends. And so coming to this new church, I didn't know these people. And so I was just a little bit nervous, but I knew I, they, they were very clear. Of course, you can come check on your kids at any time because they could obviously see my trepidation. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty terrible at hiding my facial expressions, but they they said, you know, you can come check on your kids anytime. Here's, you know, the number. And and I did. I did walk back there a couple of times just to see. And I loved the, you know, the doors were open. I could look right in and just they were having so much fun. And I was then I was like, oh, why am I doing this? This is silly. Like, <laughs> this is kind of funny of me to be so anxious. But um yeah, they had a lot of fun and they were taken care of and I could look up at any time what they were being taught and watch the videos with them, prep them for it even. Um, and we try to do that now, but yeah, it's, it was a good experience in that way that there were so many people to help us along our way. Okay. Talk us through some other things in the lobby. Now, yeah. not, not every church has a lobby, but we have a lobby at our church. Talk us through some other things that were different in the lobby. There's coffee in the lobby, which uh, that sticks out like a sore thumb for you know for people coming in. But uh, hey, if you want church caffeinated, that's how you get it. No, <laughs> so um, we're, we're, did it make you want to leave, or no, were you like, no? Were you like, this is different. This is cool. Was it like liberating, or did yeah. you feel a little no, a little guilty? Didn't no, I didn't didn't feel guilty at this point. We'd realized right what decision we'd already made and so um walking in actually felt pretty felt pretty cool felt pretty liberating felt i don't know it just you know what it just felt like there were just so many people there who were just unassuming believers in jesus like nobody was there to make a show nobody was there except us to dress really nice (laughs) um People were just there sipping on coffee, talking, right? And and just like greeting everybody and saying hi. And that was awesome. That was just, that was so cool. Because again, that, the kind of the entryway there is just full of people and people are chatting it up before worship service, right? Um, so there was that, there were, you know, a couple TVs explaining, or no, there was a countdown for worship service. That was something I noticed for sure. It was like, I think it was like three minutes to go until worship started. Um, and then there were, uh, what else was there? I think church values were up on the wall, um, which was different. Um, and then obviously there was a cross on the church. Mm. Never gone to a church with a cross before. No, never. I hope that we're getting across that it's not overbearing. Like there's a lot of people there to welcome you, but it's not overbearing. I think for us that first time walking in, we did just stand out quite a bit and they, we looked lost. So it was just great that we had people helping us out. And then, you know, we got our kids taken care of. We went into worship service and I just remember looking around and I just, first of all, noticed how overdressed I was. That was a little bit funny to me. I didn't feel too self-conscious. I just thought it was funny, but I looked around and I saw, you know, cowboy boots and jeans and t-shirts and people drinking coffee and tattoos everywhere. And oh my goodness, 
I just, it hit me so hard that these people were here for nothing else than to hear God's word and to find Jesus. Nothing else. I mean, it was just, it was a diverse group of believers. It was awesome. I felt the same way. You, you walked into worship service and the music's going and it's loud and everybody's standing up praising. And that is just so different from what we were brought up in and what we were used to, right? We were used to, uh, you could hear a pin drop and babies cry. Um, you were sitting on the pews straight up trying to keep your kids in line. Everybody's in suit, tie, dresses, and, uh, you know, everything's very, um, I don't know, rigid, I guess. And, uh, and traditional, there's an organ playing, right? Um, and you're singing very traditional hymns. And so when you walked, when we walked into, to Alpine church, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. I, there were just, there was a diverse group of believers praising God. It was just, it was so cool. Okay, walk us through, for again, for the sake of an LDS listener who's trying to leave well and has honestly never been to a church. So what was the, what's the service like itself? So we've talked about the lobby, dropping your kids off, then you go in. So talk, talk us through, again, not every church is the same. And we're going to get into denominations today. We're going to talk about finding a healthy church. But Alpine Church is, a, is pretty typical, fairly typical for what people would find in a church that we're going to describe in just a little bit. So why don't you guys start with explaining like the elements of the service to your Mormon friends? Yeah, yeah, sure. So first it starts out with, um, with worship, right? So there, there's, there's worship music and everybody is standing um, and singing along with the worship team. There's a, there's a band, there's a live band up front, right? With drums, guitars, etc. Uh, singing. Um, it's loud. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, and then uh, maybe I'm skipping through some parts, but anyway, at, w- once, you know, you've concluded singing, then there's, you know, an opening prayer, uh, and, and the pastor, well, I guess I skipped announcements, but, um, the, the pastor will get up and will provide the sermon, uh, from the Bible. Um, Typically, there's some sort of passage from the Bible or topic from the Bible that we're studying that week. Um, it's usually in some form of a series. Uh, everybody's encouraged to get out their scriptures, to get out their Bibles, which is another big difference um, from you know from the Mormon Church. In fact, in the Mormon Church handbook, they're encouraged not to ask you to get out your scriptures. Um, in anyway, sacrament. In, yeah, in, in sacrament meeting, which is the the most analogous meeting to worship that I can think of. Anyway. Um, so yeah, you, you're you're there. You're listening to to the pastor give a sermon on you know something from the Bible, and then um, depending on uh, you know time remaining, there's there's usually some worship songs at the end as well, uh, and, a, and a prayer. Once a month at Alpine, we also have communion, which you know a Mormon would know as the sacrament, um, which is where you you know you eat the the bread and, and drink the wine or you know grape juice in this case. And, uh, which is just, it's so beautiful. Right. And, and obviously different from what, um, you know, an, an LDS, a member of the LDS church would be used to, but, um, but pretty powerful. We read the, the passage of scripture where Jesus, you know, in the Bible, uh, you know, had them, you know, take, take the bread and eat and drink the wine, um, which is, which is always special. So 
yeah, that's, that's a typical worship hour. Um, now in, in Alpine church, and I'm sure this is, you know, common in other churches, there's also, you know, big, big monitors or, or projector screens, you know, showcasing the scriptures that we're studying and, uh, displays. And then there's also, you know, uh, while you're, while you're singing those, those worship songs, all, all the words are up there on the, on the big screen, which is another big difference. So, you know, you don't ever feel lost. You feel like you're led through that experience pretty well. And our Christian listeners are saying that all sounds totally normal. That sounds like my home church more or less. So what would they experience if they walk into a Mormon church? Like walk us through yeah. what, what a typical experience would be like for a visitor to a Mormon meeting house. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you'll walk in and sometimes there's, you know, like a, a greeter, like a deacon, which is a young man, a 12 year old boy, um, that's handing out the program. So it's a printed little, you know, one sheet piece of paper. It's the program for the day. It'll have who's speaking, what hymns we're going to sing and what page number. So you walk in, you sit down, there's organ music playing. People are talking a little bit, whatever, but it's, you know, fairly subdued. Hold on a second. So I don't have I don't I don't have coffee in my hand yet. Then where do Sorry. I get my coffee? I have to bring my coffee in. Please don't. Yeah, if you're going to a Mormon <laughs> church, um, do not bring coffee. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. In fact, I remember uh, I was serving an LDS mission and I had forgotten to tell my the person investigating the church who we'd invited to church. I forgot to tell him about coffee, and he came in with a Starbucks, right, thinking like, yeah, let's do this church thing. <laughs> And uh, I think he felt like a fish out of water, and I, I obviously felt terrible. So anyway, um, so yeah, you, you, you walk in, no coffee. Uh, there's drinking fountains, though. There is water. Um, so anyway, you, you walk in, you sit down, um, and again, there, there's no pastor in a Mormon church, right? There's a bishop who's assigned to be the bishop as a, a lay clergy from the area, the neighborhood. So um, they'll typically get up, give, give announcements, and then uh, there'll be an opening song, which is from the hymnal, the hymn book, the Mormon hymn book. Uh, the music will be played by an organ, and then an opening prayer by one of the members of the church, and then they'll go into their their talks. So there will be assigned talks by members of the ward, the congregation. So there's, there's, no, there's no pastor that goes up, it's just people like me, or KD, or anybody in the ward that was assigned that week. And it would be a topic. It would be a topic from the Book of Mormon or from the Doctrine and Covenants or a topic from the Bible um, or maybe uh, a more generalized topic like faith, right? And, and that m- church member has the opportunity to take that in whatever direction they want to, right? It's not like they're reviewing your talk beforehand. So you get up, you say your piece on faith or whatever your topic was. Um, you sit down and someone else who is also assigned gets up they share their piece and they're done, and then there's a closing hymn and a closing prayer. That's that's the first service. Now, during that time, your kids are crawling all over you, and you're trying to pay attention if you have young kids like we do. Um, and then you split up into second hour for Sunday school, and the kids go to Sunday school, and the adults go to a different Sunday school class. So that first hour is what you call sacrament? That is sacrament meeting, yep. I think I skipped over sacrament itself. So obviously in the Mormon church, you're taking bread and water as communion, essentially. Um, and that's at the very first of the meeting. But yeah, other than that, that's that's how it goes. Okay, so what if the person who's assigned to teach teaches heresy? Like, teaches something that's actually not truthful. Does that does that ever happen? When, when you say something that's not truthful, it would have to be truth as a Mormon would define it. 
Okay, so let's just get there first, because I do think there are plenty of things taught in the Mormon church that are not truthful, Mm -hmm. that a Mormon would think is truthful, and that's okay. So, um, yeah, that does happen. In fact, I've been in a a few meetings where the bishop actually had to stand up and ask that church member to sit down, because Mm. what they were saying was not in accordance with the church's view. I mean, Christians listening to this, I'm sure, are just thinking, wait, you just, just... Average members in the congregation get up there and speak. So I would imagine, KD, maybe you can answer this, because I know that Bo was a seminary teacher. So I'm sure that when he got up and taught, it was pretty interesting because he was a professional at it. But would that have been an outlier? Yeah, that's definitely an outlier for sure. Um, It's super fun to see. Um, Most people, I think, are pretty nervous Um, so they, you know, they do their, their best to prepare a good talk. Most people keep it pretty short. They're pretty nervous to get up in front of everybody and talk about something that's so important. Um, but Bo was always really comfortable up there. I was not whenever I was asked to speak. Mm. It was a very anxious moment for me, but. Yeah, sometimes you'll have people get up there and, you know, it's really hard to listen sometimes when you've got young kids too. I mean, I would be most of the time, Bo and I would be alternating, taking kids out to the foyer, walking the halls with them because, you know, it's meant to be a quiet, reverent time and little children just don't understand that. Um, so I guess that's another big difference that I felt, um, when going to worship at Alpine was, you know, it's just the one hour, um, my kids weren't with me, which, um, just enabled me to listen and to be fed spiritually and really absorb what was being taught. Yeah. I think it also, um, kind of turns into like, a. Oh, like a travel log almost. So, so a lot of members will get up there and because they're not maybe talented at public speaking or maybe they're not, maybe they don't know their scriptures very well, right? That happens a ton. So if, when that's the case, they usually default to like just telling stories. So you get a lot of personal stories shared over the pulpit of we went here on this trip and it was great. And then we prayed and we found our keys to our car, right? Or whatever. Mm. And that was like the, the spiritual thought for the day. And so I think, and Every Mormon listening has heard that shared over the pulpit, I guarantee it. So, so that's the, man, the difference in edification is insane. So yeah, going to like a non-denominational Christian church where there's a pastor who's, who's, who's preaching from the Bible, it is just, you just feel so spiritually edified. Um, you feel full, you feel, uh, you feel empowered, right? And, and I just nothing compared to that in, in terms of, you know, when we would go every week to, to a Mormon church, you just, it's just not the same. So one probably the number one thing I hear from people who visit us from the Mormon church is they say, I learned more about Jesus. My first, my first day at your church, I learned more about Jesus than I've learned my growing up. Like, is, is Jesus a focus? I mean, it's in the name, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Is Jesus a focus in the Mormon church? And talk about it with your experience with Alpine. Yeah, I, I think we were probably two of the people that told you that. Honestly, I, we, we mm-hmm. felt like we learned more about Jesus that first week than we had in months and months 
um, going to the LDS church weekly, right? Um, and our kids, our kids talk more about Jesus now than in their entire lives. Like it's just been, it's been awesome. Um, and also sad because <laughs> it just feels like, man, there was just so much time and I'd hate to say wasted, right? Cause life's, uh, this is all, this is all part of, part of the plan, but Jesus is God. Jesus is our God and King and he's our savior. And I think if, if that's not the focus, um, then what is right? And, and often in the Mormon church, there's a lot of focus on, you know, little either principles or minute doctrines or Book of Mormon themes or a lot, a lot, a lot of um, Joseph Smith and modern day prophets and Jesus. Not always, but you know, sometimes takes the back seat, and I think. It's unfortunate. I, now, obviously, there's a difference between a, a Christian's view of Jesus and a Mormon's view of Jesus, and we, we don't have to get on, into that this episode, but but that is also a difference, though, that I think actually causes some of that uh, dichotomy there. But, uh, I mean, even for a while there, I, I was actually keeping track of how often we would talk about Jesus, and there were, there, there were weeks and sometimes a couple months would go by before we actually had a lesson involved, that where Jesus was the center point of the lesson or the, or the talk. So, well, spoiler alert, that's going to be on our short list of how to find a healthy church is that Jesus is at the center because you know what? It, it, I don't want to just unveil Mormonism. There are a lot of Christian churches. So quote unquote, Christian churches that don't have Jesus at the center of them either. And so we'll get to that. In fact, why don't we talk a little bit about denominations? Cause even for you two, it might be a new thing. You know, I think, Part of the Mormon story is that Joseph Smith said that all of the den- all denominations are of the devil, or however he said it. Um, and so that's one of the reasons, by the way, that when we planted Alpine Church over 20 years ago in Utah, we wanted it to be non-denominational, because we didn't want that to be just one more mark against us. And so let, let's just do a quick little overview. You guys ask me some questions around this as I explain this, but let, I'm going to just kind of separate denominations into three main categories. Okay. When you think about Christian, the Christian church in general, if you're going to, if you're going to jump online and search for Christian churches in your area, well, first of all, Mormon churches will come up right on a Google search. If you say Christian churches, but we wouldn't call that, we wouldn't consider that a a Christian denomination. In fact, Mormon Mormons up until recently didn't consider them a denomination either. So I'm not, I'm not going to include that, but I'm going to say Catholicism, Catholics. That's one big one that would be categorized under Christianity, Catholicism. The next one would be mainline churches. So mainline churches would be churches like a a lot of Lutheran churches, Presbyterian, Methodist, um, Episcopal church. Those would be what I would consider to be mainline churches, which basically just means like the older Protestant churches, right? So you had the Catholic church for the longest time, and then the Protestant Reformation came about in Martin Luther's day. And, and now you have these old school, like Anglican, Lutheran, Episcopal, okay? And then you, this, this, other, this third category would be um, what I would call, and I think this is probably what Mormons call evangelical churches. Is that right? Is that the word that you would probably yeah. give for? Yeah, yeah, evangelical would probably be the word, yeah. Now, that's not to say that Lutheran churches can't be evangelical, because there are some Lutheran churches that are 
evangelical Lutheran churches and would, would probably categorize more in the evangelical category than the mainline category. But the reason it's important to think about those denominations in broad terms, so like evangelical churches would be, would be like Calvary chapels or a lot of non-denominational churches like Alpine or um, a lot of Baptist churches. So these would be evangelical churches, which, which all that means is we're just trying to share the gospel with people the evangel, the gospel. We're trying to share the gospel with people. That's our primary intent. That's our primary goal is to have our doors open to people to hear about Jesus, just like you guys heard about Jesus. Now, that's not to say a mainline church doesn't want to share the gospel, but it might not necessarily feel that way. A lot of times a mainline church will feel like the Catholic church. It's going to be what we would call high church. So it's going to be organs and it's going to be a lot of ceremonies, a lot of things that might feel, they might use incense. And, and I want to make sure to say this, that doesn't mean those things are wrong. That doesn't mean those things are wrong. But it's important for listeners when they're considering what kind of church to go to, is you've got these three different categories. I would say, do not go to a Catholic church. Um, that doesn't mean that Catholics can't be Christians. They can be. But Catholicism has a lot of extra stuff. I don't want to. I, I'm not going to get into it in great detail here. Maybe that's for another podcast. But Catholicism has this extra stuff. Like for example, the way they venerate Mary, Mother of Jesus. Where it it'll for Mormons coming out of Mormonism, it'll feel a little bit probably like how Mormons think about Joseph Smith, which is the problem. That it's the it's a focus on someone other than Jesus. Um, and so that's an example. Again, I don't. I come from Catholicism. My all of my family is Catholic. You know, my cousins and aunts and uncles and and all that stuff. So I don't. I'm not trying to throw Catholicism under the bus. But I will say to a Mormon who's looking for a good church, I wouldn't recommend a Catholic church. I wouldn't really even recommend a mainline church if you go to a church and there's kind of that high church. Because what happens is a lot of these mainline churches tend to be more sort of woke churches, progressive churches. They don't have a high view of scripture. There might be, um, you know, gays or lesbians in the priesthood, um, things like this, which, again, I don't, I don't want to open up this huge, massive can of worms, but these are things that are, that are clearly not biblical. And so what you're, as a result, you're not really going to get a focus on Jesus. You're going to get a focus on love and acceptance and opening the door to everybody, but it's like you're throwing out the Bible a lot of the Bible as you do it. So I would, I would really warn people not to go to a church that has that, is, has that kind of bent. Um, so finally, that leaves you with a, an evangelical Christian church, non-denominational church, a Baptist church, churches like that. And, and Bo, I would say, do just what, what you guys did. If you want to find a healthy church, get online and listen to ser some sermons. And here's what you're going to want to listen for. Two things. These are two main things, and maybe we can, you can ask me some questions on behalf of your LDS friends if you want, or you can add some of your own insights. Is Number one, are they focused on Jesus in their sermon? Are they focused on Jesus? If you listen to two or three sermons online and you never hear Jesus, or you never hear the Bible, then throw that church out. That's not a church you want to go to. If it's pop psychology, if it's, if it's just you know a charismatic teacher up there just telling his own personal stories. What does that sound like? Like that's, that, that's not Christ-centered and that's not Bible-based. So those are the two things, Christ-centered, Bible-based. We've been saying in this whole series, Bo and KD, 
don't leave the Mormon church just for the fun of it because it won't be fun. The only reason you should leave the church, the Mormon church, is because you want to go find Jesus. And, and so make sure that you find a church that is focused on Jesus. No church is perfect, but make sure they're focused on Jesus and make sure that they have a high view of the Bible, that they really take the Bible seriously and that they teach the Bible uh, in their sermons week to week. Guys, what would you add to that or maybe what questions would you have for clarification? I mean, I think you're spot on in terms of what to look for, right? Which is, does it focus on Jesus? Is Jesus at the center? And does it regard the Bible as the Word of God, right? And mm-hmm. does it teach from the Bible? I think those are the most important things to look for. It definitely was for us, and, you know, we feel very fortunate that we landed on a church that 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 really nails those two things, right, um, as the basics for, for everything the church is about. Uh, I, I think maybe a question for you, Brian, would be, you know, to a Mormon or, or to someone coming out of Mormonism, you know, we've been taught our whole life uh, that there was this great apostasy. There was a ma- major falling away, you know, that, that all of the churches, that's why there's so many different denominations and sects of the church is because it didn't have the truth anymore or because, you know, the Bible was altered and changed and people, um, you know, we lost the authority and all that stuff. Um, so, so what would you kind of say to that? Like, why, why are there so many denominations and is it okay? Yeah, I think there are two answers to that is I think there are two, there are at least a couple of reasons that churches divide. And some, some of the reasons are core doctrinal issues and those are important. And so, so a lot of these churches have core doctrinal issues that there's a little bit of variance, but, but biblical church, evangelical Christian churches, Baptist churches, non-denominational churches, so many churches in our area, in anyone's area, are going to agree on the core things. The core things are that Jesus died to save us from our sins. Jesus is God. The belief in the Trinity. I mean, go to any church website, go to our church website, alpinechurch.org, and look at the core doctrine, and you'll see that the core doctrine is all pretty much the same for, for most evangelical churches. So, so the thing that really divides a lot of churches is going to be like the, the fringe stuff, the preferential stuff. Some churches might have, um, have a little bit of a different worship style than other churches. Some churches have some distinctives with what they believe. So for example, charismatic or Pentecostal churches, um, some of their distinctives are related to speaking in tongues and the charismatic gifts. So they're going to be a more, a more vibrant church. Their worship is going to be really vibrant. And it maybe for a Mormon, it might be a little bit too, too big of a step for some Mormons, but maybe not. Um, those churches are great. It, it it's really kind of a preference thing when it comes to some of those distinctives. Some churches have a reformed theology where, where they would teach a lean more toward Calvinism. Other churches are Arminian theology. And again, we can cover some of these. We cover a lot of this stuff on our truth podcast, the Pursue God Truth podcast in our series called Systematic Theology. I encourage people to check that out if you're interested. But guys, I would call those things um, distinctives as opposed to core doctrine. So the core doctrine for, for m- most of these churches, especially the evangelical churches, the core doctrine is all the same core stuff. But these distinctives are what kind of create some of the denominations. So no, I don't think that there was this great apostasy. Maybe we should do a whole episode on that. Um, I think that that is 
um, a dangerous thing to say because then, then again, Mormons would have to apply that to Mormonism as well because now there are a bunch of spinoffs from Mormonism, right? But the, but the mainline Mormon church doesn't say, well, that means we're wrong because there are spinoffs. There are denominations of us. They, may, you might, they might not call them denominations, right? You'd say the fundamentalists aren't us, but the fundament, fundamentalists say the same thing about the mainline church. And then there's all these other little splinter groups. So again, I think it's dangerous territory to say that, that the, the existence of denominations proves that Christianity has gone wrong. That's not true at all. In fact, 2,000 years later, we believe the same stuff that the early church believed. And that's really what the evangelical churches do is they have, because we have a high view of scripture, so we believe the same fundamental stuff. If we can't find it in scripture, we're not gonna, we're not gonna put it on our website. We're not gonna make it a core thing. The same fundamental stuff that the early church believed is what we believe today. And that's the kind of church that people should look for. Okay, let's finish with this. Because hopefully now our listeners are gonna say, we're gonna give church a second chance. I hope you'll go out, do some research and find a good, Christ-centered, Bible-based church in your local area. But Bo and Katie, I want to give you the last word on this series, and you're going to continue to join us on the podcast. I'm excited to cover a ton more stuff in the weeks ahead. But for, but as we close down this series, I want you to encourage the listeners on next steps. What would you say to listeners who have, they want to leave well, they finished this four-part series on leaving well from the Mormon church. What's the, what would you recommend as a next step for those listeners? Yeah, I think um, next step, honestly, is if you've decided to leave the Mormon church, um, is to give church a second chance. It's, it's to find a biblical Jesus-at-the-center church and, and to move on, right? Um, I, I think it's it's so easy to get caught up in the I don't know the the drama of it all or, or you know the the, the, the you know the, there's going to be people that that are upset that you're leaving the church. There's going to be family members that are upset, um, and probably some neighbors, right, or, or at least some neighbors that don't understand. But but if you can really focus on Jesus and the Bible. And finding a church to to attend, you're you're going to be rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's going to bless your life. And you're you're going to be you're just going to be so grateful that you did. Um, and, and for me, for KD, for our family, um, it's the greatest thing we've done together. And and we're just so grateful that we have found our Savior, that we found we found Him in His Word, and we're just excited to continue seeking Him. When we came to Alpine Church, we were immediately connected with some people who could help us and mentor us through our journey, because coming out of Mormonism is a whole journey, as we've discovered in these, this series. But then the next step really is getting into Christianity, getting into Jesus and the Bible and for a Mormon who's like me, who never really read the Bible, it's so important to have a mentor to go through a pursuit of God with. And the Alpine Church has such a great program called The Pursuit. And I was just so grateful to our mentors who just really, you guys took us through the program and it helped me so much to, I had so many questions um, about who Jesus 
really is and what about this and this aspect of because things I was taught and just having a mentor to really walk with you um, in your walk towards Christ is so, so important in, in the next steps of leaving Mormonism. And so to the listeners, we'll put a link to that Pursuit series down below. And again, I want to encourage our listeners to check out our resources at PursueGod.org. Bo and Katie, what you just said about that is is so true that that website is designed to help people who are just trying to understand the God of the Bible. You just want to pursue Jesus, just that, just simple. You don't want to have all these other institutional things attached to it. PursueGod.org is built for that. The Pursuit series is is kind of the flagship series to really help people understand. So that is your next step. If you're listening to this, you're finishing up this series, find a good church, find someone, a Christian, to walk you through the Pursuit series and grow together to know who Jesus really is. And make sure to join us next time because we're going to continue to unveil Mormonism. Hey listeners, Pastor Brian here. If you're enjoying our podcast, would you consider becoming a donor? Our goal is that these podcasts would reach the largest audience possible. So obviously it takes money to create good podcasts, but more than that, we want to make sure to market this to the whole nation and even to the world. That's where your donation comes in. So would you consider becoming a monthly donor? And to do it, just visit PursueGod.org forward slash donate.